is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. Here's your host, Lisa Swiftney. Well, welcome everybody to episode number 22 of the Good Neighbor Podcast. Today we have Good Neighbor James Blundo, and he is with Michigan Mental Health Counselors Association. So James, how are you doing today? Well, today is a good day. That's good. It's Clients, a Monday, right? Dance, shopping and physical therapy. Can't beat it. No, can't beat that at all. So tell our listeners about your organization. Um, it's a 40-year-old association. I founded it in 1983. I'm executive director now for the past 10 years. Uh, we have about 1,600 mental health counselors on board, <clears throat> um, and we have. Uh, I I actually was partly responsible for the license for licensed. It's called limited licensed professional counselors and licensed professional counselors, of which there are 11,000. So I've been developing this over a long period of time. I haven't always been involved with it, but I started it, and now I came back 10 years ago, and we built it from 75 members to 1,600, and we're hoping to, you know, to keep growing. And we offer uh, training. Uh, some is required training, like implicit bias training required by the Department of Licensing and Regulatory Affairs. And we do, we've done um, human trafficking training for counselors and social workers. And uh, we're pretty proud of that. There's probably close to 5,000 therapists in Michigan have gone through this training. Um, oh. We also provide services to our members and, uh, and education to the community. <clears throat> We're represented in all kinds of settings. Most Everybody has a master's or plus degree. They either work in private practice in medical uh, groups or in hospitals or in businesses uh, or in government. Uh, so we're all over, all over the map across the whole state. So that's that's just an overview. There's more we do. I do public policy. I've represented um, counselors in public policy in the state, where we passed a bill that uh, helped counselors get uh, their ability to scope of practice in Michigan. That was in 2019, and then um, I worked on the Medicare inclusion with uh, Senator Stabenow and others to uh, get Medicare reimbursement for licensed professional counselors on a national level. Wow. So that's all I've done. <laughs> Tell our listeners about your journey. How did you get into this? Well, I was um, raised in a, a Mount Clemens, which some of you might know about. And uh, my parents were uh, uh, Italian uh, descent. I went to uh, Catholic school and um, I didn't do real well in school. I just did real well in sports. <laughs> so <laughs> I loved, I loved my friends um, and I, school was okay. And then I ended up having to go to Macomb Community College to get my grades up. And then I, then I ended up getting, uh, going to Western Michigan University. And that's where I became in really enthralled with sociology, psychology, and um, childhood development, 
substance abuse. I covered all the bases there. And then I got a master's degree from uh, Eastern in mental health counseling and a master's degree from University of Michigan Social School of Social Work. So I've been around for a long time, but I have a lot of experience. I'm, I may be older, but I have tons of experience. So, and I, I enjoy what you have it. I enjoy what I do. This is not a not not a, you know, some kind of a grueling thing. I've been in private practice for many years. So that's great. So, can you tell us what are some of the myths or misconceptions that you hear about in your industry? Oh God, you have an hour, two hours. <laughs> um, first of all, I'm um, I am not focused on medication. If somebody needs medication for depression, anxiety, or other things, I refer them. Um, but most of the time, most of the people I see are trying to get away from medication. I'm a non-directed. I'm not focused on treating people with medication. Occasionally, somebody needs an antidepressant. But that's the extent of it. And I've taken, I'm just going to guess at a number, maybe 1,000, 2,000 kids off of Ritalin and Adderall because it, what it does is it stilts their growth even though it helps them to focus. And after a certain point, it becomes a dependency that's not healthy. Um, and I've, I've been able to pioneer a bunch of ideas like adult children of alcoholics um, I, I've done a lot of work in that field. I was pioneering that in the Midwest. And then I also did um, a trauma surviving. I, I, I do a lot of work with people who've been through traumas, both specific and chronic. And uh, I'm actually going to, I'm hosting a, a major conference in Michigan in the fall on trauma recovery. And a friend of mine is a psychiatrist that's done stuff all over the country and across other countries on trauma recovery. And uh, I'm pretty excited about having that. We're going to have it in Lansing. So that's, you know, it's been a journey. Uh, why, really the core of why I was attracted to it is because I, I was a fairly naive kid, well protected by my home. And uh, um, I had to get out in the world and find out what was going on. That was more important for me than it was to do science. Although I do, I, you know, have a background and behavioral health and all that kind of stuff. But I really um, am interested in people. And I've always had a knack for helping people in a positive way. Um, matter of fact, just recently I started working with couples who are in their 30s and 40s who don't have good relationships with each other anymore because once they had kids, things started to slip away. Most people can relate to that. Right. And some of them are in big trouble, and I've helped a number of people out that way, couples and individuals. And I also became, I call myself the accidental expert when I came, moved from uh, Troy to uh, Rochester 15 years ago. I joined the Chamber of Commerce, which was the best thing that ever happened. And I became the uh, accidental expert on 20-somethings. Oh. I have a real, real knack of working with kids who are in their 20s and sometimes a little younger and up into their early 30s. And they don't know what they want to do and they don't have a handle on where to go. And during the COVID epidemic, there were a lot of kids who never had huge problems, but they were suffering from anxiety and especially panic attacks. So for a couple of years, I saw kids on their remotely on their in their campus in their dorms 
So I've been doing a lot of work in that area too. I, um, I've been able to help. I, I always tell young people, I'm going to help you become the master of your destiny, not to end up, you know, doing something that you really hate, but making money and you, you have to have a combination of both. So right. those are my two, two big directions right now. I like that. The master of your destiny. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, nothing like working on that in your 20s. That's true. That is true. It's a, big, it's a big journey you're on, you know. So when you're not working on your business, what do you like to do for fun? Um, I used to ride my bike, and I'll explain to you a little bit later why I don't ride my bike anymore. Uh, for miles around in Rochester, there's like 100 miles of trails around here. And then my friends would meet up and would, I'd ride individually or in a group. And uh, my hobby is my yard. Our, my wife and I um, moved here 15 years ago, and uh, I literally took the whole yard apart and rebuilt it. And last summer, it was so good that the uh, Rochester Area Garden Club, Art Garden Association, featured us in their garden walk. Uh, it's fabulous backyard. We get kudos from everywhere. It was in the free press and the news and the other papers about. That's great. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's my probably my big hobby area. And I, I describe my, actually, I see only 10 clients a week. I consider it a hobby in a weird kind of way. I really <laughs> enjoy, yeah. enjoy doing this. Other people, you know, don't. Right. And they're not very good at it. Just saying, this sounds arrogant, but it, I don't mean it in that way. Right. There, are, there are probably not a huge number of very uh, uh, trained and or um, experiential therapists. And uh, that's that's really a sad situation because many people are going for help and they're not getting the help they need. Most of my clients have been to other therapists. Wow. Um, so. Okay. So, but that's good that you can, that you try to help and you go above and beyond, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, can you tell our listeners, can you describe one hardship or life challenge that you rose above and can now say because of that challenge that you're better? Two things, really easy. I came out of that environment of really nice Italian family, very naive and stuff. And I um, really struggled with self-confidence, self-esteem. That's why I'm so good with 20-somethings. And I ended up building a, a career that goes way beyond anything I ever thought I could do or anything my parents even thought I could do or the nuns that I had even thought I could do. <laughs> so that's one. But there's been a recent one that I would really like to relate to, to, relate to you. Uh, February 1st. I had, I've been having back problems for several years, maybe seven, eight years, and it's gotten worse and worse and worse. Now, February 1st, I had a surgery on it. Um, Dr. Michael Donahue, he's a saint. They did the surgery uh, here in Rochester um, um, Ascension, and um, it was a very, very painful and difficult situation. And uh, it really shook me up more than anything I ever experienced. So I kind of had to get in touch with myself again in other ways. And, and I really realized just how much um, impact you have with clients if you understand yourself. Um, 
I didn't feel like I was going to really make it out of that mess for probably the first three or four weeks. I fell. They had to take me back to the hospital and put me in, you know, acute care. It was really rough. I never had anything like that happen in my life. I had injuries, but nothing of this thing. So I had to, I'm still struggling with uh, walking, although I'm doing really well. I started out in a wheelchair, then a walker, then a cane. And just this last week, I started to walk, um, taking steps, but a little awkward. And I go to physical therapy. So it's had a real profound effect on me. It's kind of really made me see my life on a bigger uh, scale, more globally and and more help. I I can be more helpful, I realize, to other people, uh, things that I think I missed that people were saying. Because a lot of people come in and they're not saying the whole story and you have to try to help them get the big picture. So that, that that's a pretty rough ride. That's putting it in a nutshell, but right. it was pretty rough going for a while. So, so congratulations on walking little steps right now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm back. <laughs> that's great. What is one thing that you wish our listeners knew about you and your business? Um, well, I'm going to take it from the consumer standpoint. Um, Sometimes when you go to a therapist, uh, it doesn't match up. And I'll give you just an example. Um, A woman that I'm working with, um, she's divorced and has kids. I don't want to say too much. Um, (laughs) And uh, she went to a specialist on children, child therapy. And the uh, therapist uh, with the oldest child basically shamed her. um, And told her that, you know, that she was a brat and that she wasn't obeying and that, uh, she needed to straighten up. And uh, that was very devastating for my client, you know, and for that child that's traumatizing. So uh, it's being this knowing how to find a good therapist. And sometimes I've helped people because I'm so connected to therapists all over the state and some across the country because I was on the I was president of the American Mental Health Council Association. I like to scrutinize them. I, I think you can't tell until you. You can tell some things by reading their uh, Google piece or seeing reviews. That all helps. But um, people who just offer everything and are the experts on everything, I have a really hard time with that. And I, and I found that um, I really trust people who are more down to earth. And uh, mm-hmm. you can interview them. Don't ever hesitate. A lot of times it takes three therapists before you find the one that you really connect with. Sometimes you're lucky and find somebody and the, and the therapists that I most admire are those who had tough experiences, worked through them, um, and they're honest, straightforward people, even if they don't have the skills um, that they need to some level. I, I just had a therapist call me recently and said that her daughter was uh, cutting, just because I've worked with kids who have done cutting. Um, and she was looking for a specialist, and so she did a huge search and couldn't connect with anybody. And I said, you know, it really boils down to a real caring person um, might know more about what to do with somebody who doesn't have the expertise but has the, the moral code and the character to want to help you get to where you need to do. And I don't mean somebody who's just going to pay a lot of sympathy for you and feel sorry for you because I, I don't do that. I'm, I know the balance between those things. You have to, uh, it, tough love sometimes is so important. 
um, and also um, having good boundaries yourself. So uh, it's important to find therapists. It's really hard to do. I like what you said, interview your therapists before you hire them. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. How can our listeners um, contact you for more information? How do they get in touch with you? Um, They can go to my, uh, I'll give you a couple of different sources. JamesBlendoCounselor.com is my website. My um, email address is JamesBlendo at ATT.net. Now they can call me directly at 248-930-0644. That's that, great. You know, and I get a lot of referrals from other people. So it's, I can share what I know and I'll certainly give people time and they can interview me by phone. There you Pretty go. Straightforward. So, well, thank you so much for being a guest today on our Good Neighbor podcast and having our listeners learn more all about you. Thank you. I like to I like to be known. Great. <laughs> Thanks, Lisa. Thanks for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast Rochester. To nominate your favorite local businesses to be featured on the show, go to gnprochester.com. That's gnprochester.com or call 248 988 9640.